you really need to focus on things like your savings rate. You know, it's, you can make a million dollars a year, but if you spend a million dollars a year, you're, you're really just running in place on the treadmill. So um, making sure that you are intentional about your savings, your savings rate, you know, where are you putting those savings? Are you sticking it under the mattress? Are you investing in stocks for the long run? Are you making sure your college accounts are, are funded if you have kids? Uh, are you saving for retirement? Are you saving in a, in a brokerage account? For a decade, Cahaba Wealth Management has been driven by a belief that our fiduciary responsibility is to have conversations with you, our current and future clients, to discover what really matters to you. Wealth is not created overnight. Instead, it is earned by having a solid blueprint that allows you to plan and build for the future. Our goal with this podcast is to share our best practices and strategies about creating a secure and joyous future, while also addressing ideas in the marketplace that do not work as well. Join us on this journey as we discuss the ups and downs of the investment world to educate you and help you make the best possible decisions for your financial well-being. Let's go now to the There Is A Better Way podcast. Hello, listeners. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the There Is A Better Way podcast brought to you by Cahaba Wealth Management. We are pleased to talk with one of the partners of Cahaba Wealth Management. He is a partner and a financial advisor, Chris Conkle. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? We are living it up, as we say here in podcast land in the podcast studio. And we are always excited to be able to uh, interview uh, someone from the Cahaba Wealth Management team, because quite frankly, personally, we learn a lot. And uh, the uh, the Durkin family uh, likes listening to this information. Uh, we know that our listeners will too. So uh, really appreciate you being here, Chris. And um, let's uh, let's jump right into it. We you've got an important question that you think people should be asking themselves early in 2023. Let's talk a little bit about that question, and then let's have a a conversation. Sounds like a plan. Um, <laughs> So the question uh, right now, you know, as we as we enter on, we're recording in early 2023. Um, one of the you know, just we work with clients again, you know, from 20 early 20s all the way to to 90 year olds. So, um, you know, one one thing that comes to mind there's there's a lot of different planning initiatives, techniques, strategies uh, for for different life stages. So when I sat down to dream up a um, a topic for today, I wanted to make sure we were reaching, you know, all, all segments of, of our clients or maybe one day clients and wanted to, to really ask a, a pointed question. And, and that is, what is your biggest asset? Is it your future earning potential and your human capital? Or is it your balance sheet? You know, if you've already made it, you're already retired. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to manage and think about wealth, depending where you are in your life cycle. So I wanted to, uh, to let that be our kind of jumping off point. You know, there's, like I said, there's gonna be different, different strategies, different ways to look at the world based on where you find yourself. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought this would, this would produce some fruitful conversation. It's a, it's a perfect, uh, <laughs> it's a perfect end of the diving board, uh, to, uh, jump off into the pool <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If you can picture yourself spread. I, I have to say it, what came to mind for me um, was the idea of a, of Cahaba wealth management, getting together your clients in their twenties, all the way up to their nineties and having a dance party uh, in Atlanta 
uh, Nashville. Those are your two offices, right? In Birmingham. Yeah. In Birmingham, right? So Nashville, Atlanta, and Birmingham. I picture from 20 to 90 with uh, maybe like the white earbuds in. You, maybe you have to do like the white earbuds so everybody could pick their own. You ever ever been on a cruise or one of those where you yeah, everybody's doing silent air, discos? Earbud, oh, yeah. Yeah. Silent discos is that what they're called? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. That uh, that's a pretty cool image, right? <laughs> yeah, it's an eclectic bunch. Um, really, just great people is the common thread. But yeah, it's uh, hey, a lot of different personalities and a lot of different backgrounds that that we uh, have the uh, have the pleasure of of working with. So let's uh, let's maybe go to the uh, to the earlier end of the spectrum first, and let's talk about uh, uh, future earning potential. Uh, let's talk about uh, wh- what did you call it? Human capital. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the questions that you that you have, which I think is really cool, is maybe like define earning potential, human capital, and then your question was, what are you doing to grow it? I love that idea. Let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's discuss. Yeah, and just to take one quick step back, uh, I do want to acknowledge that 2022 was an awful year for investors. Um, you know, with that in the rearview mirror, you know, we constantly try to make sure our clients are turning their focus on the future and you know what we can do to bounce back financially. So um, for the younger folks that are early, mid, or even sometimes late career, they're still you know, maybe not have, you know, they might not have saved quite as much in their early years or just weren't capable of it. Um, you know, that that human capital, that ability to earn income is uh, oftentimes the single biggest asset that doesn't show up on a balance sheet, you know. So, uh, you know, you get rich and you get wealthy by earning more income. That's not a, that's, that's, that's not a stretch to to view it that way. So if you find yourself in that camp where you still got runway in front of you and your biggest asset is your ability to, to earn income, um, we can call that human capital, your skills, your knowledge, your expertise, what you do on a daily basis to make this world a better place or your organization a better place. Um, you know, that, that really is uh, oftentimes for, for a lot of folks, even up to you know 60 years old, you know, that's still the single biggest asset. And so we would need to make sure we are growing it, uh, protecting it, and and stewarding it. So how do we, you know, how do we grow it? Well, there's a couple of things that I wanted to to toss around for for those earlier, you know, in in that stage, the human capital stage. Um, you know, time is your biggest asset, and that can be, you know, and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. But if time is your biggest asset, your ability to earn income to save, most importantly, you know, putting money away for for your future self 20, 30, 40 years down the line, um, time's your biggest asset. So you really need to focus on things like your savings rate. You know, it's you can make a million dollars a year, but if you spend a million dollars a year, you're you're really just running in place on the treadmill. So um, making sure that you are intentional about your savings. Your savings rate, you know, where are you putting those savings? Are you sticking it under the mattress? Are you investing in stocks for the long run? Are you making sure your college accounts are, are funded if you have kids? Uh, are you saving for retirement? Are you saving in a in a brokerage account? Um, you know, really paying attention to what you can actually control, which you know, 2022 is a great example. We can't control the outcomes of, of the stock market. You know, that's that's a fool's errand. You know, so <laughs> what we can actually control is how much we save from that income, you know, our biggest asset, our ability to earn income, you know, what can you actually save from that 
you know, to put yourself in a better situation longer, longer term. So uh, let me ask you a couple questions about that, because I think this is this is a fascinating um, subject and it's the idea of the savings rate. Okay. So you bring up a really, I, I mean, I love that if you're, if you're making a million dollars and you're spending a million dollars, you are running in place. You are, you are going yeah. nowhere. That's a genius line right there. Uh, so, uh, so the savings rate, uh, how does a person, um, kind of, uh, or, or perhaps, you know, you know, maybe their financial advisor can help them determine like people, People would say, would say, okay, I know I need to save, right? Well, wasn't it Ben Franklin who said, look, you can either grow your income or you can reduce your expenses. And I think he said, and the best thing you should do is do both. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. The best yeah. thing would be to grow your income and live within your means uh, or, or reduce your, you know, reduce your expenses. And so um, how does a person uh, say in their twenties their thirties, their forties, even their fifties, calculate savings rate and what kind of uh, uh, what kind of incremental increases should we see um, in the savings rate? Talk to us about how someone determines it, what it should be. Like if you're making 200 grand a year, should it be X percent? Uh, You know, give us some, give us some guidelines or some metrics. Well, and as clients of Cobble Wealth Management are going to be all too aware, you know, the first the first questions we're going to ask is, you know, what are you, you know, what are your goals? What are we trying to do here? Um, you know, what is unique to your situation and your family? What do you prioritize? What's most important? Um, you know, savings rate and thinking about it in percentage terms, there's plenty of rules of thumb we can throw at you. But if we don't know, you know, what is important to you, whether you have kids, whether you um, want to buy a house, whether you want to buy a car, whatever the case may be. Um, we have to start with the end in mind, and then we can back into, all right, what is the appropriate savings rate into these different buckets? Um, that's that's what needs to lead the discussion, not just, uh, hey, save 20% of your, your income. You know, that's not super helpful sometimes. So, um, you know, there's different hacks. You know, most people are going to get, you know, some type of raises, depending on what kind of, you know, now it could be different if you're self-employed, obviously, but if if you are accustomed to receiving raises or you get a bigger bonus than than you were expecting or you had a really good year, well, that's great. But we need to be intentional about where that's going. So there are mental hacks and tricks. Um, you know, first off, you know, a couple of the key things is make sure you've got enough that a tree falls on your house or you know you've got to go. You've got an emergency fund. You've got something that can at least. Um, allow you to get through the next week without having to drastically change your your life. So make sure that bucket's filled up. Um, make sure that you're, you know, if you've got an employer retirement plan, that you're getting all the free money, meaning, you know, you might need, not need to to max out your, your 401k, but make sure you're getting the free money that's offered by an employer match. Um, uh, as far as, you know, additional, you know, how do you increase your savings rate? Well, and you alluded to it, it's it's living within your means and and being very intentional about what's important. Um, it's okay to spend money. You know, we encourage our clients to spend money, but make sure you're spending it in the areas that really actually enrich your life, um, and you aren't just frivolously just you know throwing money out the door because you got a big raise. You know, let's let's be intentional about it. And if you want to talk about percentages and see it visually, then we've got tools to do that. We work with people, you know, on a daily basis, thinking about those things, prioritizing where to save, how much to save, um, but just being very intentional about, you know, let's let's increase that savings rate and let's keep an eye on expenses. 
and I want all of our listeners to to hear this from 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 Chris and all of the the team at Cahaba Wealth Management is that it's not about like reading some article, you know, on a blog, you know, or or in the news saying, you know, your savings rate should be, you know, X percent if you're 29 years old. Uh, he he just gave you a really great hack. <laughs> Depending on how old you are, a hack is a a problem, a person who can't cut it and is terrible, or a hack is a cool shortcut. <laughs> I said to my yeah. son, stop calling things hacks. People my age don't like a hack. Uh, we, we, we like a, a shortcut or a cool tip, you know? So depending on, on uh, what generation you're in, you might say uh, a hack is not a good thing, but it is, but this is a hack um, uh, to say, here's the hack. What do you really want? What's your end goal? Where are you headed? Do you want to have your house paid off? Do you, some people want to, they want to die in the house that they're in, you know, uh, where do you want to go? This is something that I think I want all of our listeners to get in dealing with someone who adheres to the fiduciary standard. They're looking to do what's right for you, not some formula that's, uh, you know, in, in, in a newspaper or, or, or an article by some so-called you know, a financial expert, keeping in mind what Zig Ziglar said about an expert, that an X is a has-been and a spurt's a drip under pressure. <laughs> um, that's a, that's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, you know, um, find somebody that you can talk with about your future uh, finances that actually says, what do you want? Where do you want to go? And let us help you get there, manage the space between where you are and where you want to go. Am I hitting it right, Chris Conkle? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's, that's very powerful. So, um, uh, so is there, uh, so what are you doing to protect, uh, I think is a good, uh, a good place to go here. What are you doing to protect your talent, your human capital? Uh, or if you, if you have some more to talk about with growing it, but, but maybe let's talk about protecting it. What, what do you mean by protecting your talent, your knowledge, your wisdom, your human capital? Yeah. Um, so most of that is, you know, from a financial planning side of things, it's, um, Hey, what, what happens, you know, if you are responsible for, for your household and people are dependent upon you to, to drive that income, to leverage your human capital, um, we have to make sure that if something heaven forbid, you know, bad happens tomorrow, um, if you pass away, you know, you've got life insurance in place that can, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the humanity and the, you know, that side of things, you, you can't replace, you know, a, a key figure in your household, but one, if you can at least make sure that that income that they were counting on to, to live the lives that you had planned to live, let's, let's ensure that, that income is there. And that's, it's, it's replaced um, by, you know, effectively through low cost, you know, life insurance. Um, let's make sure if you get in a car wreck and you're not, you're not dead, but you can't continue to function at the high level, uh, you know, that, that you previously had been, let's make sure you have the right disability insurance in place. Um, you know, so a lot of this is just protected. Let's, you know, these aren't fun things to talk about, but there's insurances in place for a reason, you know, nobody likes spending money on insurance. Um, but it's really just to ensure and protect that if something bad happens, uh, that your loved ones aren't left scrambling and to pick up the pieces. So, um, you know, that also protecting it is, you know, also filters down into risk managements on, you know, on the investments on your balance sheet that you do have. 
Um, you know, make sure you're not making concentrated speculative bets all over creation. Let's let's actually have something that's reasonable that aligns with a with a long term plan. Um, so to protect you know protect your human capital and, and your knowledge base and, and your ability to to drive that income. Let's um, you know let's peek around the corner and, and play the what if game. That's not not enjoyable, but your loved ones will thank you. Um, you know if, if something does happen. Well, and a large part of what uh, um, a fiduciary will do, a, a financial planner at Cahaba Wealth will do, uh, is is they will look very uh, comprehensively at the insurance that you already do have, and if it actually protects your human capital, your talent, your your income producing you know um, skill, um, you're a very valuable asset to your family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yes, they love you and they want you to tell them stories at bedtime and, uh, and they want to go on great vacations with you and go sledding and skiing and snorkeling and all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah everybody wants to have the great family memories. Uh, but uh, for many parents are the financial engines. Uh, and if the financial engine goes awry, there's a problem. But but you've already described that. But the but the real key here is that you will look at insurance insurance many times. Correct me if I'm wrong, is used um, almost improperly as as an investment vehicle or as a tax vehicle. And what you'll do is you'll take that fifty thousand foot view and say, this is this actually is protecting your human capital, and this is actually not a good investment. Is that am I on the right track there? Hundred percent. Yeah, and let's just make sure that um, you don't have more than what you need. And you know that starts with having that plan in place, evaluating it. It's not just life and disability. It's making sure all your property casually. You know, if you rear in somebody and you've got a suit on, and they know that you know you're an executive at a company, yeah, they're going to try to sue you for all your worth. Uh, it's just like the McDonald's stuff. You spill in hot coffee, and I mean that's just the world we live in. So let's make sure from property and casualty to life to disability um, to sometimes long term care. I mean, just let's just make sure that you've got you know, the right coverage in place, but you're not paying for stuff that you don't need. Uh, and then you're not being sold a, a bill of goods that is just, you know, that's <laughs> just, you know, not to disparage anybody in the industry, in, in the industry, but let's, let's make sure that it's uh, appropriate for your unique situation. There's no one size fits all. Not everybody needs to pay $20,000 a year in whole life insurance premiums, because there's a fancy illustration that says you'll have a lot of money left over, um, you know, at the end times. Well, <laughs> You know, that's that's where you need someone who can actually, you know, dig in there and and decipher. All right. What are these assumptions being used? And let's just let's make sure it's appropriate for your family. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember having a conversation with my property and casualty agent years ago and I was trying to drive down the cost of uh, of my my um, my PNC insurance. And uh, and she said to me, you know, um, you're really underinsured on this vehicle, you know, that you, you have, and I'm like, yeah, but it's only a, it's only like a $30,000 vehicle. She goes, but the problem is, is that you're not covered if you destroy a Mercedes, mm -hmm. you know, or, or a, or a, a, a $150,000 Hummer or a Range Rover and somebody really comes after you, you're, you're really, you're not covered properly. And, uh, it was her good advice, you know, to say, look, this is what we've seen. We've seen yeah. this in the marketplace. So let me say to you as a fiduciary, someone who has to do the best thing for the client, I'm going to recommend 
you go a little bit higher on that uh, uh, because we don't want to see the law. And I, I think she told me a story about somebody who got sued, uh, you know, from a, a pretty normal accident and didn't have the coverage. Uh, so the good advice is uh, uh, is pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, eventually on the other side for the folks where, you know, your balance sheet is is your biggest asset, you know, it, it does switch, you know, a little bit. We want to um, on, on how do we protect it? You know, that that's going to that's going to look slightly different. You're not going to need, you know, to protect your human capital quite as much since you're not earning income. Uh, so risk management and protection, you know, how do you protect your your nest egg uh, looks looks different for uh, for those that have that have already made it, I guess, so to speak. Sure, sure. So I, I love your um, your next question is what are you doing for stewardship or to steward it? And I actually w- went to the dictionary and looked at the word stewardship because I wanted to get a good feel for it. And I'm going to read it to our our audience. The job of the job of supervising or taking care of something, such as an organization or property. And the the example is responsible stewardship of our public lands. Um, talk to us about the stewardship of your, uh, of your earning potential. Yeah. Uh, so I, I view this as, you know, what are you doing to get better? Um, you know, what are you doing to enhance your ability to earn more income in the future? Um, you know, that that's one side of it. What are you doing to ensure that you're still around to see that future? So that could be as simple as investing in your health, um, eating right, exercising, you know, all the stuff that you you always hear, but nobody really loves uh, taking action on, on some of those things, um, you know, as much as as much as they should. So what are you doing to ensure that your ability to earn income and provide for for others and, and you know, your loved ones? What are you doing? Um, you know, are you increasing your skill base? Are you acquiring new designations? Are you um, proactively thinking about, well, how do I, you know, increase my earning potential by leveraging my, you know, a mixture of my God-given talents and and things that I can go out and and actively get better at? Um, you know, that's you can control that so much more than you can control what the stock market return is going to be in any given year, or going out and spending all of your time trying to pick what the next you know 10 bagger is going to be um that's that is not a consistent repeatable process what you can actually focus on is is more internally let's make sure that you are being a good steward of uh you know of of your of your impact in the world and let's uh let's think about sharpening skills and and um you know really just just making yourself a better person uh, let's let's start there that's actually something that is within your control a lot of times um so let's Let's define, um, you know, what's important to to you and your family, and and focus our attention there rather than, well, the market was down, you know, twenty percent last year or whatever it was. So, um, and and how do we how do we game the system and how do we avoid stuff like that? Let's let's focus internally. That that gets lost on a lot of folks. Um, put the responsibility on yourself to keep getting better. So I, I love, I love this, Chris, this is so awesome. So the, the, I, you know, control what you can control, right? You can control your health. You can control the amount of education you have. You can control the amount of personal development. You can control the certifications uh, that you have, right? You may be in an industry where you can say to yourself, Hey, I can go, I can get more schooling that will be valuable. Not all schooling is valuable, but 
but there <laughs> to to say there's plenty of people with a lot of degrees with no money but um but if you're looking at how do i how do i make myself better how do i improve myself uh, i'll give you a quick example i i i have a very high-end coaching client that um he owns several bike shops in uh, pennsylvania and uh in new jersey and we were working on his um on his health because he's 30 pounds overweight and he's the business is going very well, but he realizes that he's, you know, he's not doing well physically. Um, he told me today he's down 15 pounds since we started working together. And the, and immediately once he started increasing his workouts, he said his energy and his clarity was better for the bit. And he said, literally, I've been seeing my business increase, my income increase since three and a half months ago, we started working together and I started focusing on splitting wood, uh, getting on my bike. He owns bike shops. He, he needs to be in shape. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talks yeah. to people about riding their bikes all the time for exercise. Right. So taking care of himself actually increased his human capital and increased his income. So that's a genius, uh, genius move right there. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, it allows you to, yeah, you're, you're going to be in a better mood. If, if, if you know that you are taking care of yourself, you're going to be a better teammate. You're going to be a better spouse. You're going to be a better parent. Um, so it's figure out what that foundational, some of those foundational habits are that, that really bleed into to all corners of your life. And let's, let's, uh, let's focus on those. Stewardship, the job of supervising or taking care of something as important as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, as, as we go to, to land this plane, uh, slightly, uh, we're, we're, we're in the, we're in the uh, air traffic pattern to, uh, uh, head toward the airport. Uh, tell us about the person who, um, has that, uh, balance sheet. Uh, it's solid. They don't have to rely on their human capital. I always like the idea of uh, my friends that, um, that retire and then they're doing consulting, um, the favorite thing I like, I like is hearing I'm making more money as a consultant than, than I was making at my corporate job yeah. <laughs> or in my business. That's always fun because that's right. That's, that's fun money. Right. But talk to us about protecting the asset of, uh, uh, you've made it, you you're, you're solid. Um, what are you doing to grow it? What are you doing to protect it? What are you doing to steward, uh, to steward it? Yeah. Yeah. So if your balance sheet is your biggest asset, meaning you, you've already accumulated, you've already made it. Um, it's, it's hard enough to get wealthy once uh, it's let alone try to do it a second time. So in your example with the consultant work, that's great. I hope that's just for the love of the game, you know, and, and um, you know, it's hard. Some folks are, are wired where they can absolutely, you know, turn off the switch, retire, and, and they already know exactly what they're going to do. Others, not so much. So, um, you know, how are we growing a balance sheet and and growing your your asset base that you've already accumulated? Um, you know, let's let's focus on uh, it's and it's connected. You know, growing it might be you know making sure you've got a diversified portfolio that's not going to blow up. You're still investing for, um, you know, for maybe a a time horizon that's not just your yours. You're you know if you've already made it, you really need to start thinking about generational wealth and. You know your time horizon. You might be not, you know, super excited to to see twenty percent of your balance sheet get wiped off the page. Uh, so maybe you shouldn't be invested in a hundred percent equity portfolio. But if you already know all of your needs and and future, you know, future liabilities are taken care of with what you have, 
turn an eye to the future and to the next generation that hopefully has a much longer time horizon than than yours. You know, so um, you know, growing that balance sheet, you know, you have a responsibility in in some cases, whether and I don't want to pigeonhole everybody. Some people want to die without a, you know, with with that last, you know, last check they write to bounce. And and that's fine too. Just, you know, it goes back to prioritizing your goals. But if there is an idea that you want to leave a legacy, um, whether it's to your kids or to charities, you know, what are you doing to ensure that they, you know, they get the most um, impact out of those dollars you've worked all your life to save and grow and protect it? It's really just maybe extending your time horizon out a little bit longer than you you know, if, if you think you're going to die at 85, um, that's fine. But hopefully you're the next generations have much longer time, you know, timelines to uh, um, to benefit from from all of the hard work and 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 responsible investing. Well, all I, I mean, again, I, I, I really want our listeners to really hear this. And, and I don't know how much you'll hear this from other other folks, but I know at, at Cahaba Wealth Management, you're going to hear well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What uh, do you care about your, you know, the way your, your children or your grandchildren or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of scripture and all kinds of stuff that says, you know, uh, you know, leave a legacy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a person that yeah. accumulates a lot that, you know, leaves a lot. And that's a great thing to do for generations. But Chris brings up a great point. You know, the, the fiduciary standard says, Okay, what do you want to do? It's not a formula. It's uh, let us help you get from point A to point B. You know, where do you want to go? Do you do you want your last check? You're right to bounce. <laughs> I we get that a lot. Um, you know, and it's it's sometimes it's flippant, but then other times it's like, no, they're very clear that you know we understand that this is going to drain drain the coffers, but you know we're being intentional about it, and it's what you know is valuable to us. You know to maybe have that 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 beach house or anything. I, more, you know, one of my one of my clients is is in the balance sheet phase and has already made it and is looking around and really um, really wants to buy another you know a, a second property, a beach a beach place mm-hmm. uh, to have. Got grandkids, got more on the way. Uh, wants to have a place, you know, for for memory formation, and so, um, you know, looking at the balance sheet, you know, we're we're just shifting assets around to better meet their needs. Is it going to make, you know, is their you know portfolio going to be quite as large as it could have been? No, um, you know, but they'll have an asset, and and the most important asset sometimes is not financial. It's 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 that, you know, it's the memories. It's the um, you know, it's the time spent with loved ones and that's, what's most important. So sometimes the balance sheet growth, you know, we can get caught up in, well, how do we maximize returns and do all this other stuff? I want to be very clear that, yeah, that is, you know, beneficial and, and does, uh, allow you to create more memories and go do other things that you might not, you know, might not be possible without the cash. Um, you know, but just being clear again about priorities, and understanding that, uh, you know, it takes, there's, there's a life cycle here and you're going to, as you grow in age, different things are going to be more important than others. Uh, so just understanding where you are in that cycle and where you want to go. Um, that's the most important. Well, I, I, I love this. And I think that, um, uh, you know, it, it occurs to me, I'm thinking of your, your clients, as you said, from your twenties to their nineties. Right. Uh, so You've got this whole, you know, uh, span of time and, uh, and, and each person is at a different place. Uh, and, and, and it is all about at the end, right. It's how you lived your life. 
It's how you want to be remembered, what you, you know, it could be the the memories at the beach house, the lake house could be the the vacation. Uh, I mean, it could be that you, you bought somebody a car. (laughs) You know, I remember when I, I bought one of my sons a a car for graduation, you know, and uh, it was a, it was a pretty cool thing. He was, came up with a big red bow was on it. And he's like, that's my Jeep. Like a brand new Jeep. Like, wow. You know, like, Hey, that's what you get for a 4.5. Yeah. No. And uh, uh, that's uh, yeah. It reduced my portfolio. (laughs) Sure. But that will not be forgotten, but it sure did create a good feeling. So, you know, uh, uh, depending on where, where a person's at and and the memories that they want to create and uh, the way they want to live their life. It's uh, I I think the important part is that, um, so, so, and whether they're 20 or whether they're 90, here's, here's uh, uh, the, I just made the, the synapse connection on what I was really trying to say is that um, uh, you're, you're talking to your clients, whether they're in their 20s or their 90s. So your clients in the 90s that are quote unquote set, you know, are literally are still talking to their advisor who's been managing their portfolio all of these years, you're still their confidant. You're still saying, here's what's going on in the markets. Here's what's safe. Here's what, right. I mean, you're no matter where a person is in the spectrum, they still can call on you to talk with. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, having that range of, you know, just seeing, seeing that life cycle occur, you know, you end up being a much better shepherd or, um, you know, just guide to folks that, Hey, I've seen, you know, I've seen this play out before. And and these are the things that are going to you know move up the priority list as, as you get closer to the, to the finish line. Um, you know, people are much more concerned about legacy, you know, in, in those later years, um, you know, some folks are, you know, deeply, you know, think deeply about it, you know, well ahead of time, but yeah, just, just having that, that experience to, to fall back on and, and seeing folks go through it, you know, makes us be better, you know, better professionals and, um, just say, Hey, we know how to handle this. And and these are the things that we need to make sure are, are taken care of, especially on estate planning and, um, back to kind of stewardship and, and how do you protect, you know, what you've already built up. Um, we can really help out thinking through, all right, well, here are the important things. Um, well, there's how much of your balance sheet is locked up in IRAs and what is the recent secure act, you know, dictate on your loved ones. Well, they're going to have to pull that money out over the course of 10 years, you know, so you need someone who is, is well-versed and, and up to speed on the constantly changing tax laws, everything else, um, to remain, you know, to remain that steward, uh, of, of people's monies, you know, we're stewards as well, but we want to empower our clients to be stewards of their own wealth and to really think deeply about what matters to them, what legacy are they trying to leave? And let's make sure that, you know, the tax man doesn't get, you know, too big of a bite on, on what you're, what you're trying to pass on. So Chris Conkle, this has been a, an excellent conversation, really great points. Uh, I love the, the question to ask yourself in 2023, what is your biggest asset? Is it your future earning potential? Is it your balance sheet? Where are you in your life? Uh, certainly the professionals like Chris can help you figure that out. Uh, Chris, thanks for being here today. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, MJ. It's been a pleasure. Really good stuff to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for being here at the There Is a Better Way podcast brought to you by Cahaba Wealth Management. Chances are you were um, referred to the podcast because uh, our listeners uh, come to the podcast via 
the uh, clients of Cahaba Wealth Management. They say they forward it constantly uh, to friends and family saying, hey, listen to uh, the people that I trust with my future, with my retirement, and listen to the various partners and financial advisors at Cahaba Wealth talk about how to uh, grow your income, protect it, uh, uh, and 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 steward it as well. Uh, so it's very, very powerful stuff. So thank you for being here and listening. We also appreciate if you will um, uh, hit the share button. There's three, usually on a podcast service, there's these three little buttons either at the top or the bottom of the, uh, of the, the image icon that you can hit, hit share. Feel free to send uh, the There Is A Better Way podcast uh, to everybody that you know and say, hey, check uh, these folks out. They really know what they're doing. So thanks, everybody, for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode of There Is A Better Way. That concludes this episode of There Is A Better Way. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you check back regularly for new episodes and get connected to the wisdom you'll need to make confident decisions about your family's financial future and well-being. We'll see you on the next episode.